It's time for the fastest hour of radio, Southern Race Week, with your host, William Barber. Hello and welcome to this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie, as I am temporarily filling in for WB. He's running just a little bit behind. Got caught in some Atlanta traffic, so I'm here to get the show started. But he'll be in here momentarily because he will be part of the show this week. So just stand by. William will be here later on in the program to be a part of this week's Southern Race Week radio program. But you know what? Sometimes you can't help it. You're battling traffic here in the city of Atlanta. And if you live in the Atlanta area, you know exactly what I am talking about. So we will have William here a little bit later on. But in the meantime, I am here to kick off this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week radio for you and also the Southern Race Week radio podcast which, uh, don't forget, is available for you every Monday on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, as well as SoundCloud. And don't forget about our social media platforms as well. You can follow the show on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network. And you can follow yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And also don't forget about our Facebook page. Go there and like it if we would really appreciate it. That's Facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. But all of us here on the Southern Race Week radio staff want to give a big thanks to all the amazing people and workers and volunteers of the Atlanta Motor Speedway as this past weekend was the uh, Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart. And we had a great time uh, at the track. If you checked out the uh, Facebook page, we have interviews we posted up from Chase Elliott, also uh, Denny Hamlin, among others. Some great behind-the-scenes videos that we posted. So if you missed it, you can head on over to our Facebook page and check out all the great videos that we collected from this past weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. And, of course, the big news coming out of AMS is the changes to the track that will be ready in time for the March race in 2022. They're going to be doing some repaving and also some uh, and change the configuration of Atlanta Motor Speedway. In fact, if you head on over to our Facebook page or our Twitter page as well, uh, we've posted a link where they actually have a camera that is streaming pretty much 24 hours a day so you can check out all the work that the crew and staff are doing at the track presently right now to get that track ready for the March race in 2022. And, of course, a lot of different opinions of uh, what the drivers, fans, broadcasters, anyone who's involved in NASCAR think about the uh, changes and the repaving that's going to be going on Atlanta Motor Speedway because they haven't repaved that track or changed the configuration in 25 years. So it should be interesting to see how racing will be at AMS in March of uh, 2022. So very excited for all of that. So um, once again, thanks to Brandon Hutchinson and his great staff over there at Atlanta Motor Speedway for providing a great weekend, not for just us, the staff of Southern Race Week Radio, but all the great NASCAR fans who came out in droves to Atlanta Motor Speedway for the Quaker State 400 presented by Walmart Race Weekend. So we do have another jam-packed episode of Southern Race Week Radio to bring to you this week. We've got some great guests coming up here in just moments. We'll speak with Mike Bagley of the Motor Racing Network and Sirius XM uh, NASCAR Channel 90's The Morning Drive, which you can listen to every weekday morning from 7 a.m. until 11 a.m. Eastern. And then we'll be speaking with uh, Tim Bryant 
the main man in charge over there at Five Flags Speedway, and he'll be joining William to talk about some of the events and he'll be coming up there at the track. And then we'll speak with NASCAR Cup Series rookie driver Anthony Alfredo, and we'll talk about what's going on with him and how he's enjoying his rookie season so far in 2021 here on Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. This is Alan Gavana of the Positive Regression Podcast. You're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie continuing on with this brand new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast as we have another special guest joining us here on the Food Depot hotline as he is coming to us live from a undisclosed location somewhere in the great state of florida ladies and gentlemen let's welcome in one of the turn announcers and another announcer for the motor racing network and also you can hear him weekday mornings 7 to 11 a.m on sirius xm nascar channel 90 for the morning drive ladies and gentlemen let's welcome in mr mike bagley It is impressive that you don't rupture something when you do that when I come on this show, Alfie. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing good, buddy. Well, listen, when you got a lot of practice, you know, you learn how to do this. Like those, uh, you know, the hot dog eaters, you just practice enough and you're really good at it. So that's just my my excuse there for that. Uh, Mr. Bagley, uh, thank you so much for taking time to join us yet again this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Of course, a good friend of the show, and we always appreciate the time you take to uh, join us here to break down everything that's going on in the NASCAR world. So thank you so much for joining us. Glad to be here as always. What's on your mind today? Well, we uh, well, we got a lot on my mind, uh, Mr. Bagley. We just got wrapped up with uh, Atlanta Motor Speedway race weekend. We had another winner, Kurt Busch, his first win of the season. Now that takes up 12 positions in the playoffs, four spots available via points as drivers are jockeying around for position. In fact, Denny Hamlin is 10 points ahead of Kyle Larson for the points lead right now. So it's going to be jockeying for position here as we have just a handful of races before we get to the cutoff race at Daytona. So your thoughts on the current playoff picture? Well, I think that, um, well, first of all, where'd that Kurt Busch win come from? Yeah. I was like, wait, what? I mean, if, if you stop and think about it, ever since the Coca-Cola 600, that one car has been hanging around in the top 10. I think he, had a, he stubbed his toe there in one of those races. But for the most part, he's been hovering in the top 10, able to walk away with a win. Didn't really throw the playoff grid into a tizzy, except for Tyler Reddick's been shoved down to the final spot in the playoffs on the cutoff line. But he's got some breathing room down there at the bottom of that grid. But as far as, you know, Denny's going to be in the playoffs. Now, the question is, will he be the regular season champion? You get a little bonus points incentive if you're the regular season champion. That goes towards your seeding when the playoffs start at Darlington for the uh, Southern 500 race weekend. But there's something going on right now. Just by the thing, just, just by the time we have our arms wrapped around what's happening, it seems like there's a shift. All of a sudden, you know, where's Kyle Larson now? He won those races after race after race after race. And, you know, he's had a challenging couple of weeks. William Byron's had a challenging couple of weeks. You know, Alex Bowman was able to crack his way into the top 10 over the weekend. But now it seems like that through Kyle Busch and, you know, what he did the previous week, he got a win, running a little better, challenging for the win Sunday with his brother Kurt, and then all of a sudden Chip Ganassi Racing comes to life. So just about the time we think we have this sorted out and we know what's going to happen, there'll be a change or the pendulum will swing another way it's great and fascinating to keep up with but as a fan if you go into these races with expectations you're probably pulling your hair out because lately we're not knowing what we're going to get here now that the hendrick motorsport seems to have hit a 
momentary sandbar, at least that's what we think it is. And another big hot topic issue coming out of Atlanta, at least in the interviews I was doing down there at the track, was a lot of talk about the repaving, the reconfiguration of Atlanta Motor Speedway when the NASCAR Cup Series returns in 2022. And we had a 19-minute delay, red flag, to uh, fix part of the track that came undone. I know you talked to a lot of the fans on the Sirius XM Morning Drive radio show. As far as yourself and as far as what you're gauging from the listeners, what are your thoughts on the changes at AMS for uh, next year? Well, first of all, I think we need to start with when when Bruton Smith and, and, and Marcus Smith and everybody at Speedway Motorsports sat down, their goal was to not make this bad. Their goal was to not, you know, cause grief and angst and consternation amongst everybody. Their goal is to make something better, to give the fans a different experience. And and let's be perfectly honest, the attendance numbers at Atlanta Motor Speedway have not set the world on fire. So perhaps maybe by giving the fans something different, kind of like what they did in Bristol this past spring at uh, at Bristol Motor Speedway, you give them something different, maybe that'll make some folks come to the racetrack. Maybe maybe check it out, see what it's all about. Give a different racing experience. I think we all can agree that Atlanta Motor Speedway has been in dire need of a new fresh coat of asphalt for years. For the greater part of a decade, We've been talking about, do we pave? Do we not pave? How do we handle this? And they've been trying to hang on to it, and I applaud them for doing all they could to get as much life out of that pave job, 25 years worth. But at the same time, you know, you had the track coming up. You had to do something, so they're going to repave it. Well, they're going to knock off. uh, They're going to put some banking in in one and two and three and four, and they're also going to narrow the track. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so narrow. Well, the track is going to be as wide as Charlotte. And I don't hear anybody you know, up in arms about that. I think a lot of people are reacting to this without knowing the full scope of what's going on. None of us know what to expect because while we talk about the reconfiguration at Atlanta, we don't know what the new race car is going to do. The teams haven't even built them yet. So how is the next-gen car going to behave on our normal tracks that aren't being reconfigured or repaved? And then how is it going to behave and, and how is it going to react when you do this reconfiguration, there are a lot of unknowns, but a lot of people, I, in my opinion, jumping to conclusion without knowing the full story. I have to wait to see how the car behaves, how it goes, and then we can get into the, was this a right move? Was this a bad move? But I applaud SMI for wanting to do something different and also giving the old gal down there in Hampton a, 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 a makeover. She's been in dire need of it for quite a while, especially after that red flag you mentioned with the track coming up over the weekend. Speaking with Mike Bagley here on a Southern Race Week Radio along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. And a lot of the drivers were complaining because they felt like they were excluded or not brought into the process of the design and what they wanted to do at AMS. Your thoughts on that? Uh, because the company wants to put out a product that's going to be great for the fans to come out and enjoy, but the drivers feel like, you know what, we were not included in that. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the drivers not being included or not brought up to speed or discussed about this? Well, some have and some haven't, and obviously the some that have not have been made it very you know, known and been very vocal about it. I do think that perhaps maybe there should be some feedback that could be gotten from the participants. Now, just because you get the feedback doesn't mean you have to implement the feedback. You've got to do what's best for what you feel is good for your business. Let's all remind ourselves that Speedway Motorsports owns that racetrack. They can do whatever they want to with it, just like they made the decision to make Bristol into dirt. 
I saw a lot of folks saying that, well, you know, how dare they? They're playing God, and, and, and who are they to say that they should do this? Well, they own the place. They can do whatever they want to with it. But as far as the competitor feedback, you know, I hear they've gotten some just because you weren't asked. I mean, I guess you weren't asked. I don't know what the complete list is. I don't know how the conversation went. I don't know if it was a, hey, by the way, we're thinking about doing this. What do you think? And then they just went ahead and threw the plans out there and announced it. I do know that the perception is that it's created a divide between the track and the drivers. I don't think it was personal. But again, I got to see how this shakes out. If you're one of those drivers that wasn't asked and you go back and you race on that new surface and it's great and you love it, are you as upset? because they didn't get your feedback. A lot of this is wait and see. Let's see how it goes. But I do think it doesn't hurt to get the feedback. You don't necessarily have to implement the feedback. Uh, Speaking of dirt racing, the truck series were at Knoxville earlier this weekend to uh, do a truck race out there on the dirt. A lot of kind of mixed uh, feelings about that race. Uh, Drivers wrecking all over the place. Uh, A lot of fans weren't happy with it. Some fans were happy with it. What, What were your thoughts and impressions of the truck series race at Knoxville? Certainly did quite get quite messy there in the last 30 laps. Uh, a lot of folks were blaming the track, and, and a lot of folks were, were quick to point fingers. We had Grant Enfinger on TMD earlier in the week, and he pointed to the lack of disrespect in the series. Um, you're given a set of parameters to work in, you know, the, the setup of the trucks and all that. You make the most of it. Well, I think, and this is just my opinion based on what I've seen, that if you go to move somebody, well, a lot of times that happens on asphalt. Well, the drivers have that skill set, and they have, they have that knowledge of how to go about doing that, moving somebody at, say, you know, like a Richmond or, or a place like that, well, or Bristol or wherever you're racing. Well, they don't have the skill set to be able to move somebody efficiently and not cause mayhem on dirt. I think when you have what appears to be a lack of respect, it's like, you know, you know normally there's give and take. Well, it turned into grab and go. Well, the grab-and-go turned into widen up a lot of race trucks. I think that there's a mixture there. I think that there is perhaps maybe some frustration that's built up over the series. A lot of folks got to the end of that race and say, you know what, the heck with it. I'm going to send it on in there. If I hit somebody, hit somebody. That's a larger conversation that doesn't involve necessarily just Knoxville. But as far as that track, I thought it was prepped perfectly. I didn't have a problem with the, with the way the track was prepped. I do think, though, that skill sets are in the development process, and perhaps maybe if this was 10 dirt races from now, we'd have a different outcome. But then again, who knows? May have had a lot of people with a bee in their bonnet there Friday night and decided, you know what, we're going to handle this right now, and we're going to knit this in the bud right now, and I'm going to move you, and I don't care about the, a- the aftermath. But there certainly were a lot of torn-up race trucks, and there were certainly a lot of beat-up emotions when we got done Friday night in Iowa. Well, uh, Mr. Bagley, we appreciate your time. Always appreciate you taking the time to join us every week here on Southern Racing Radio. If our listeners want to keep up with you on social media, get the latest in NASCAR news and all the information you're dishing out, where can they go to follow you on uh, social media, my friend? Head off to Twitter at the Mike Bagley, B-A-G-L-E-Y. And, of course, listen to him every weekday morning, 7 to 11, as I do on my way into work on Sirius XM, NASCAR Channel 90, the morning drive, and also you can listen to him doing races for the Motor Racing Network. Uh, Mr. Bagley, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Uh, and, and enjoy everything going up with you. And uh, we'll talk to you again down the road again, my friend. 
Appreciate it, Alfie, as always, my friend. Thanks. Hello, this is Gracie Trotter, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, race fans, every single week in and week out, we ask you to tune in and turn it up. Tell your family, friends, cousins, and neighbors about Southern Race Week radio show and podcast. Available on all your favorite podcast locations, including the iHeartRadio. On the show this week, we're going to head on down to Five Flag Speedway and pick up our main man, Tim Bryan, on the old Food Depot hotline. Tim, I hear cars on the track, man. I thought the race wasn't until the 23rd, 24th, man. What's going on? Well, good to hear from you, WB, and always a pleasure to be on with you. Yeah, we're making a little noise here today. A couple teams doing some tests, and of course, big super late model doubleheader July 23rd and 24th, which is weekend after next. There is a testing ban next week, so... uh, don't allow teams to test on the week of a race. So a couple of them uh, uh, are, are in here turning some laps today. Got new cars they're shaking down. So uh, that's what's, uh, so what's happening here today. Well, listen, i tell you what. Five Flag Speedway has had a great uh, schedule for 2021, and the race fans have been turning up and turning out. Uh, and I imagine that uh, if somebody wants to get some tickets to this upcoming event for the 23rd and 24th, they need to hurry up and get them while tickets and maybe some RV spaces still available? Well, well, so uh, for this event, uh, you know, it's a $20 ticket to get in each night. But if you buy a ticket in advance for both nights, it's just $30. So uh, that's the best thing for folks to do. And you can do that at fiveflagspeedway.com or you can call the Speedway office and get those tickets put in. We'll call uh, that's uh, by, by far and away the preferred method. We will have tickets available, uh, general admission seating uh, on, uh, on race day, of course. And uh, we're uh, being at the doubleheader weekend. Two races and two nights right here at the same track. There are a lot of folks that are coming in to camp. Uh, there'll be plenty of camping available. Uh, 50 bucks for the weekend, and we can uh, back you into one of our camp spots and hook you up with some water. Uh, uh, we don't have power in, a, in, in those spots. That's on my list of things to do uh, uh, down the road. But uh, nevertheless, uh, looking for a, a good time next weekend. We're having our annual fireworks show on Friday night, so that's always huge. On Saturday, we're having a driver meet and greet. We've got one of the biggest Mardi Gras crews in town coming out uh, to spread some uh, uh, rivalry and 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 uh, uh, going to have some uh, uh, music. We got a, a driver meet and greet on Saturday afternoon, so both Friday night and Saturday night full of activities. Uh, for the fans and uh, some great racing to boot. Let's talk about the racing that's going to be going on uh, for the 23rd. You got uh, some dynamic stuff lined up for the 20th, 30th, and 24th. Let's talk about what classes are going to be racing. Well, of course, uh, the Southern Super Series and, of course, our own in uh, in-house Blizzard Series uh, uh, is, the, is the super late models. There'll be a 100-lap race, the Universal Fabricators 100 on Friday night. We'll also be running our Pro Truck Division and our Pure Stock Division, two local classes. Uh, on Friday night. By the way, uh, there is a, a bonus for uh, all the drivers that enter early. These races pay $5,000 to win. Uh, and if, if a guy, all he has to do is file his entry on time, and he's racing for 10000 to win. Uh, then on Saturday night, again, uh, the Michaels and Booth uh, Accident Injury Lawyers 100 uh, will be going on night number two for the super late models. And we'll have our outlaw division and our sportsman division uh, racing on Saturday night. So uh, each night, three divisions uh, tend to win for the Supers both nights. And by the way, if one guy can win them both, he's going to get an extra $20,000. So possible $40,000 to win down here next weekend. And it's got the attention of some pretty good super late model drivers. Well, I hate to uh, I hate to try to make a comedy show out of this, but I just got to tell you, uh, you know, for you to be able to get an injury attorney to sponsor a race, <laughs> next thing you're going to have them do is sponsor the Demolition Derby, bro. 
You know what? It's funny you say that, WB. They've always sponsored the Demolition Derby, and they were worried about liability on that. Oh, my gosh. So this year they shifted over to super late model races. Go figure. (laughs) Well, I tell you what, that, 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 man, I always, inevitably, if I open my mouth, or as my daddy used to say, boy, you put your foot down, you pull it back with cow crap on your foot every time, you know, because you just (laughs) don't know. Anyway, so, well, that's good. Got an injury attorney sponsoring on the the, uh, the race uh, coming up next weekend. And, uh, and you know, it sounds like with the uh, the different classes that you've got, and ten, did you say ten thousand dollars to win? What was that? Yeah, ten thousand to win on Friday night, ten thousand to win on Saturday night, and if one guy can win them both. And by the way, a guy named Bubba Pollard got him two new Port City race cars. He's run them at Jennerstown, Pennsylvania, uh, uh, on his first outing, and uh, was running extremely well. Had a fuel pickup problem, I believe, but yep. uh, Bubba yep. tells me he's loaded, cocked, and ready. So, uh, you know, he'd uh, like nothing more than to get out of, of what some people would uh, uh, deem as a little bit of a slump. They're so used to Bubba winning everything. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly it'd be a good way for him to get uh, uh, get his race team back on track. But he's going to have his hands full. Uh, of course, Stephen Nassi, uh, uh, Scott, uh, the list goes on. We, right. <laughs> every driver, WB in super late model racing these days, especially in the, in the southeast, when we have these big races, every driver – is is a top shelf guy, you mm-hmm. know, expected uh, uh, expected to win and capable of winning. So it makes the competition unbelievable. Well, if you just join us here, we've got uh, Tim Bryan on the old Food Depot hotline here, and we're talking about Five Flags Speedway and the Blizzard Series coming up July the twenty third and twenty fourth. If you want tickets, you can check out fiveflagspeedway dot com and uh, great website, uh, Tim. I got to tell you, you know, a lot of people uh, struggle with the uh, the new communication uh, means and worlds that we live in, but I tell you, I got to give it up to you and your team. Uh, your your site is not only uh, desktop friendly, but extremely mobile friendly, and it's just as easy to uh, click on, open it up on your mobile uh, device, and you can be prompted to uh, to buy tickets right there with a little drop down. So, congratulations, everybody! Well, thank you. I wish I could take all the credit for that and tell you that I was on the leading edge of all this technology. But uh, guys, our age, WB, uh, have to have some help from some younger people to to stay on top of this stuff. But at the end of the day, we want it to be an easy experience for people to buy tickets, come to our race, and enjoy themselves. You know, you got fireworks show, you've got racing. Yeah, what else could you? You got concert music. I mean, you you turn it into the destination of entertainment down there in Pensacola, Florida, man. Come on. <laughs> well, it's going to be a good time down here. Mother Nature hasn't been all that kind, so the law of averages is way in our favor. Expecting good weather next weekend and certainly uh, hoping for that. But, uh, you know, we want people to come. We want them to enjoy our town and uh, uh, see two great nights of race. Now, when are they going to get that bridge finished, Van, over there? Hmm? Hmm? Bridge is open. If you can get to Pensacola Beach, straight shot. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, cool. Big uh, uh, seafood restaurant over there known as Peg, Peg Lake Pete's. I'm sure you've been there. It's where I, a lot of folks like to come when they when they come down for a weekend. But uh, yeah, it's uh, the, the bridge is, is uh, you know four lanes, two two lanes uh, onto the beach and two lanes off the beach. So uh, cool. uh, and our schedule is is very user friendly this time. Uh, we're we're of course qualifying for our race on Friday night, uh, but we're going to start Saturday night's race uh, with an inversion off of Friday night's finish. So uh, we're getting a little later start in the day to allow people to get up Saturday morning and go, go to the beach for a while if they want to. Hey, this is Jamie McMurray, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. Hello, and welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio for you along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie. Appreciate you tuning into the program as well as to the podcast this week as we've got another special uh, guest joining us here on the program this week. As we go now to the Food Depot Zoom line, 
and welcome in our next guest from an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in the driver of the number 38 Dude Wipes Ford for Front Row Motorsports. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. Anthony Alfredo! That was the best intro ever. Uh, well, thank you. Well, when we have a big deal guest on, we got to give him a big deal introduction. So uh, we appreciate the time, Mr. Alfredo. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. You guys have just come out of Atlanta Motor Speedway for race weekend out there. Uh, before we get to know a little bit about yourself and where you come from and your background, uh, tell us a bit about your uh, race weekend in Atlanta. What did you think of the Quaker State 400 presented by uh, Walmart and your efforts out there with your number 38 machine? Well, we actually made some major improvements from the spring race there and uh, went with a totally different setup as far as the mechanics of the car goes. And it was a lot better. We didn't really run much better, which is a little bit frustrating, but it was nice to know we made progress on the balance and just need to find a little bit more raw speed uh, as an organization. But solid, clean race. We raced smart and uh, learned a lot. I think we could do some homework to improve, but it was actually the last race there on the old pavement. So they're going to repave it, narrow the track up, add banking. So it's going to be significantly different when we go back. So uh, I appreciated the last time we were slipping and sliding around there on that worn out uh, old pavement. Now you've raced on so many different tracks, so many different types of surfaces. And as you mentioned, they are going to be reconfiguring, repaving the track. It's been 25 years since that track has been repaved or anything. I know a lot of drivers have different opinions of whether they approve of it, whether they don't like it. Uh, what are your thoughts on the changes that they're going to have at Land Motor Speedway when you, when you return in March? Well, it's going to be really fast and hopefully uh, provide great racing. Hopefully there, it is still multi-groove and we can move around a little bit, but that's always hard the first few years after a repave just because there's so much grip, especially if you're going to add banking. We usually just end up running around the bottom of the racetrack and making the shortest distance. But as it wears and over time, it'll get closer to how it is currently, but it, that'll take uh, quite a few years. As you mentioned, it's been 25 years since the last repave, but that's when we've seen some of the best racing there. Now you're competing right now for the Sunoco Rookie of the Year. This is your rookie campaign with Front Row Motorsports. Uh, so far as you've gone through this rookie season, what have you learned? What are some of the things you've kind of developed and learned as you've gone through this season? Because it is a, you know, a bit of adjustment going from the Xfinity Series now to the Cup Series, and it's such a young age as well. So what have you taken away so far from your rookie year? Well, the biggest thing is just being able to finish the races and learn as much as you can, because if you, if you don't run all the laps, you're not learning the most that you could. Uh, the biggest thing is the competition difference and the way the cars drive is significantly different than anything else I've raced. So that's been uh, the hardest part to adapt to. I'd say it'd be a little bit easier if we had practice or qualifying, but we still don't because of uh, former COVID-19 restrictions. So the only ones we have have been new tracks or the crown jewel races, and they're very short practice practice sessions and then a quick qualifying so a uh, lot of seat time I haven't been able to get as as I would have expected as a rookie but that's just part of it and I think all things considered it's gone pretty well so far for our front row motorsports team it was crazy for you going into your sophomore year next year you're gonna have a whole new car to have to learn because now with the next gen car coming out next year you're getting the seat time now but next year it seems like everyone's gonna have kind of a a rookie feel because you're going to have these new cars. What have you heard about or have you had an opportunity to check it out? What, what are your thoughts on the next gen car for next year? Well, it should be exciting because it's got some unique mechanical changes to it that should improve the racing, decrease the effect of dirty air. So it should make uh, easier to be around other cars on these bigger tracks where we're at higher speeds. And it's, it's just totally different in a lot of ways. It's going to drive way different. And I think as you said, by the time I figure out this current cup car, I have to learn a new one. But if anything, I'm looking forward to it because I think it levels the playing field for myself because 
as a 22-year-old cup rookie, I'm racing against guys who've been in the series almost as long as I've been alive. So it's uh, pretty hard to, to compete against that. But if we get a new car, hopefully that levels the playing field some. Speaking with Anthony Alfredo here on a Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast. Looking at your bio here, it says that you're a big, avid iRacer and gamer. I know iRacing has been something that's been talked about here over the last few years, especially with last year of COVID. They have the iRacing series for the Cup Series drivers and some of the Xfinity drivers. As far as iRacing for you, how has it helped you through this rookie season that you had, or even during your career advancing up through the levels? How has iRacing helped you or hampered you as you prepare for races or tracks you haven't been to? Well, it's played a significant role in my career, just preparing for upcoming races, as you mentioned, and getting seat time without this practice or qualifying just to be able to get a visual of these new tracks and, and maybe even a feel for some of the cars. But it's also led to a lot of opportunities off the track uh, for me to work with Exit Gaming. I co-own a eNASCAR Coca-Cola iRacing Series charter with them, which is the world championship series uh, for NASCAR on iRacing. And then I also uh, own one of those teams, Lockdown Racing. So it's been pretty cool. I've worked with some amazing people, and it's led to a lot of great opportunities on and off the track for sure. But it's definitely been a valuable training tool uh, and, and the best way to spend your time just honing your skills. Now, you guys will be in New Hampshire this weekend, but then following that, you got two off weeks, which is very rare in the series to take time off for the Olympics. So with that much time off, what are you going to do spending that time away from the track is what do you do to kind of mellow out kind of decompress and and maybe take advantage of those next two weeks off to kind of uh get yourself set up for the final few races here before the regular season wraps up? Well, it's perfect timing because New Hampshire Motor Speedway is what I would consider my home track as far as uh, tracks that are closest to home in Connecticut on the national circuit. So I'm excited to go there and then be able to just drive home and hang out with my family who's all in the Connecticut, New York area and spend the week with them uh, and then maybe go to the beach and, and have a good time just hanging out. Uh, just like you said, decompressing. And I, I don't want a week off. I've loved racing every week. I want to keep going, but I know mentally it'll be a good reset uh, and, and probably physically as well. Now, before we were on the air, I was giving you a shout out for your sponsor, Dude Wipes, uh, because I have two young kids and my wife has ordered pallets and pallets of uh, Dude Wipes uh, to help my kids with certain situations they might have. Um, how great is it for you to be able to work with those guys and have them sponsor uh, your car this year? Oh, it's been awesome. I've, I've, they did one Xfinity race with me last year, which is actually the first uh, Xfinity Series laps led I had at Talladega Super Speedway. So to make the transition to the Cup Series with them and have them step up in such a big way for me, uh, being on the car multiple times this year is really cool. Such a great company, um, awesome group of guys, and uh, it, it, we've been able to do a lot of fun things together. So it's been, uh, it's been my pleasure to to work with them. I've been uh, very fortunate and, and looking forward to continuing to grow with them throughout the future. Well, Anthony, if our, our listeners want to follow you on social media, keep up with what's going on with you and your career and everything going on, where, where can they go to keep up with you? Just pretty much any social media platform. Just look up Anthony Alfredo and you should be able to find me. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All right, we are back as we wrap up this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie as I'll be wrapping things up. Uh, unfortunately, uh, WB had to leave a little bit early, but I told him, uh, no problem. I got you covered, buddy. I'll wrap up the show uh, this week. And once again, thanks to our great guest who joined us this week on Southern Race Week Radio, along with the Southern Race Week Radio podcast, Mike Bagley of the Motor Racing Network and NASCAR Sirius Channel 90, The Morning Drive. Also, uh, Tim Bryant, 
of Five Flags Speedway, and also thanks to NASCAR rookie Cup Series driver Anthony Alfredo. Appreciate all those great guests joining us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. And don't forget, if you want to listen to this episode of Southern Race Week Radio or any of our previous episodes of the program, just head on over to your favorite podcast location, whether it's iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Every Monday, we post the latest episode of Southern Race Week Radio, so you can listen to it in your car while you're out doing your daily walk or exercising, whatever it is. If you want to listen to this week's episode or any of our past week's episodes, head on over to your favorite podcast location and check out the latest episode of Southern Race Week Radio's podcast. Also, don't forget about our social media platforms. You can check us out on Twitter at SRW Radio. You can follow our fearless leader at WB Radio Network or yours truly at Alfie underscore 19. And also we've got the Facebook page for you as well at facebook.com slash Southern Race Week. And if you uh, follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page, you always get the latest racing news, whether it's NHRA, IndyCar, NASCAR, or what's going on in the world of short tracks. You'll get all the latest news and info right there on the Twitter page or the Facebook page as well. So uh, once again, thank you so much for tuning into the broadcast this week. We really appreciate it. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll be back with you yet again next week for another brand-new episode of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. Mm-hmm.